0: And welcome back everyone to yet another episode of Going for Two presented by Home Field Apparel. I am your host, the publisher of the Extra Points newsletter, Matt Brown. I am joined here by my colleague and friend, Brian Fisher. And Brian, I I, I like to think on this show and across all of the work that we do for the, for the, uh, the D1 Ticker, we pride ourselves in, in, in taking this work and this industry seriously. And doing our homework and appreciating the nuance that comes into uh, various decisions, and and really getting into the weeds, right? We're 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 both serious professionals.
1: Well, you'd like to hope so, but uh, uh, we, we, we
0: we try, right? Well,
1: try try uh, as an we, operative word, but uh, sure, <laughs> we can be
0: serious professionals. But I want to throw out whatever else we want to talk about here first, because a grown ass man who goes by Jimbo in public called a press conference to cut a wrestling promo and the most decorated college football coach of all time. And I literally moved some of my calls and appointments around today because this this was high drama. It was, it was absolutely ridiculous. And quite frankly, like after spending so much time digging into the weeds in NIL and sports law and tracking some stories that kind of made me depressed, I was grateful to see some grade-A classic college football stupid shit. And, and I feel like that's what today was.
1: Well, you know, Can we talk about you're, that? you're not alone. I I mean, I, I know there's a, there's been a few coaches and, and uh, staffers around the SEC that uh, also cleared their calendars a little bit uh, to see Jimbo's rant earlier today. But, uh, I mean, talk about a gift. In terms of, uh, you know, you think the 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 dead of, of May and you're like, you know, what are we going to talk about? Yeah, there's the NCA stuff and and bylaws were changing and council approving things and every every NIL thing under the sun. And then it's just like Nick Saban opened his mouth. And it was just a a, a gift from hev- the heavens for for not only the, this podcast, but I think for for talk radio out there for, for college football fans that are interested in subjects like these. But uh, talk about a little bit of spice, you know, and, and, and the great thing about all of this. That we're gonna get these guys face to face in a, in about two weeks. Like th- that is the best part out of all of this to me. It,
0: it, it, right? These are these are these are not people that are hiding behind computer screens the whole time. No. So uh, on the off chance here that maybe you were in meetings all day on Thursday, or, or had something else to do, and you and you missed what we're actually talking about. Let me let me very quickly kind of roll back the tape, and then we can kind of get in the weeds a little bit. Thursday, uh, no, excuse me, Wednesday evening. Uh, Nick Saban is speaking to, I believe, a assembled group of business owners in Birmingham. And uh, I'm paraphrasing here. He he mentions that, you know, we at Alabama, we've been number one in recruiting for a while. Uh, Last year, we were number two. Texas A&M was number one. We don't buy players here at Alabama. Everybody at Texas A&M class was bought with with NIL deals. I don't know how sustainable it is for us at Alabama to not buy people. Maybe we're going to have to do that if that's the way things are going. And... Brian, as you know, and listener, as you know, if you follow college football at all, this is not a new accusation. Uh, Blaine Kiffin has said something similar. And uh, I would say most recruiting ob- industry observers would say that a major reason for Texas A&M's recruiting success over the last year was in part due to a very well-sophisticated, well-funded, professionalized collective system to uh Create financial incentives for people participating in marketing campaigns centered around Texas AM. We could we can say that, right? Um, you could have just let it go because this isn't new, and lots of people have said this, but Jimbo takes this stuff extremely personally. So does his his boss, so do a lot of people that work in Texas AM. They don't like this insinuation that their recruiting success is in any way just because of 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 big envelopes of cash, if you will. <laughs> so then Jimbo this morning calls a press conference, 10 a.m. God's time zone, and rips the ever lip just eviscerates. Save it. And 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 this is, I think, very difficult for someone like Jimbo to do. He actually slowed down speaking enough and enunciated so we could everybody could understand what he was saying. This was not just a fire hose, right? It's, you know the God bless the guy He can sound like boomhauer sometimes and and no like this is slowed down enough so we could all make sure what he was saying Brian correct me if I'm wrong I want to make sure that I, I got I got this exactly correct um I believe the major quote here was quote you can call me anything you want to call me you ain't calling me a cheat I don't cheat and I don't lie because I learned that when I was a kid you know if you did the old man slapped me upside the head maybe somebody should have slapped him. He went on national he went on television, on video, and said maybe people should be have slapped Nick Saban and his life would have turned out differently. This is a big deal, no? Uh
1: well, it is going to continue to be a big deal f- for a long, long time because this is gonna get brought up for ages. Like like this is the most SEC of stories. Uh is gonna be constantly referred to. Every time you, you're on game day, you're gonna get a reference to this. You're gonna have massive signs throughout the season, all leading up to that uh, big date in October when these two teams play so but you know to me like the, the the interesting thing too is is kind of the the subcurrent that uh, runs along this obviously they're you know two you know two very good friends uh, you know these, these are two west virginia buddies this we're, is were yeah, were, we're that, that is a good, good very uh, good friends
0: you know, west virginia buddies yeah, i mean like Former this, coworkers.
1: This, this is like uh the, the backyard brawl coming out uh for, for real you know and and i know we're, we're actually going to get that game later this this fall but like this is um you know two two west virginia guys who uh you know have uh, a pretty health have had a pretty healthy relationship I I would say prior to this 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 summer um, or, or this spring at least and it, you know it's it just kind of fascinating to me in terms of just how how quickly this narrative you know kind of kind of spun out. I, I think ultimately when nick saban was was speaking and like going out to promote the, the world games coming to birmingham and, and 50 days or something like that like you know he, yeah. I, I do think he he had a point to be made there like he he understood that he, alabama he always does when alabama when it was falling let's face it behind like you you have to give some credit whether you're an administrator whether you're an ncaa enforcement whether you're you know even a texas longer fan you got to give the aggies credit like they understood where things were going they they organized very quickly uh, and, and what they've done with, with their collective in particular and what they've done with NIL and what they've done really surrounding their program. I mean, You got to keep in mind that just just a week and a half ago, they were they were announcing another nine figure capital campaign to do facilities upgrades you know, on, on top of you know spending uh, close to half a billion dollars renovating their stadium not too long ago. So the, the, the A&M folks, they, they have everything in, in terms of the, their ducks and, and getting them in, in, in a row. Right. But I think, you know, Nick Saban very pointedly in front of a, a let's say, a, a very pro-Alabama audience, a number of boosters, I'm sure, from the Birmingham area there and and uh, saying, hey, w- we got to get things together. You know, Alabama's kind of been behind in terms of putting their collective together. They've obviously been very upfront in terms of, hey, we're following all the NCAA guidelines that they, they want to. You know, I think that, that that is a culture of compliance that sums not just from Nick Saban, but from Greg Byrne, the AD there, um, all the way up to the you know their, their president. They, they, they want to make sure that they are doing everything uh, they can be, being above board because they understand. And the scrutiny going on, uh, you know, surrounding their program, given the position that they're in, likely the preseason number one team uh, for, for pretty much everybody going into the fall. So, yeah, you kind of understand why he, he wants to kind of get things jump started a little bit so that uh, it, it's a little bit easier for his program to operate. But yeah, at the end of the day, I think this was ultimately his his emotions getting you know kind of ahead of themselves a little bit sometimes he'll get rolling you know uh, as, as many times as I've interviewed Nick uh, you know like he'll, he'll get rolling sometimes and you know you can kind of see him veer off course just a little bit and then he'll he'll try to self-correct a little bit and I think that probably is is what happened with his initial comments you, you understood that he, he went on satellite radio you know uh, later after Jimbo's rant to kind of apologize you know and, and it's just it, it just is, is going to be a storyline that we are never going to forget and I, I think it's going to be fascinating to see the interpersonal dynamics not just between these two but between the rest of the sec as well
0: yeah i am mean, it's this was already i think a, a big time rivalry right and, and uh the, the fact that saving assistants typically don't have success uh, against nick and and well is, i mean jimbo not was, jimbo was not only was, the, was the, the, the first, first guy.
1: guy to knock him off but like only guy and m understands where their place is in well, the yeah. you know like they, yeah, they understand yeah, that yeah. in order to be the best which the aggies think they can be you know, you've got to beat the best. And they did that last year, but they still finished eight and four. And obviously there are some extenuating circumstances around that, quarterbacks getting hurt, whatever. But they understand where they need to get to in terms of winning it all. They've got to go through Alabama. They understand that. And I think they're they that, that is why they are gunning for it. And, uh, you know, Jimbo Fisher is not, not shying away from it. He understands the opportunity that he has uh, kind of in front of him. All the resources that are there for AM and to, to make that leap and contend, not only contend with Alabama, but uh, knock them off their purse. And win national title in, in the next couple of years, and that is why Jimbo is paid so handsomely. But I, I think it's just going to be very interesting to kind of track the the interpersonal dynamics between these two and how it kind of affects the rest of the SEC because this is uh, not not going to go away anytime soon. These accusations and kind of getting the, the the behind the scenes things more out in the public.
0: I want to talk about the accusations in a second, but you, there's there's maybe like three things about this particular feud beyond the fact that it's deliciously stupid, which I cherish and and revel here as a college football fan. But there there are three, I think, takeaways that are bigger than this particular incident, right? One, you know, Fisher more than once, this is the first time I've heard in a minute somebody try to use God as a pejorative, which is what what happened here. Some people think they're God, I believe the quote, go dig into how God did his deal. You might find out about a guy, a lot of things that you don't want to know. Now, I am a huge proponent Of poking holes in the idea that college football coaches that are very, even very successful college football coaches are more than just college football coaches. Seldom are these, in my opinion, paragons of perfect Christianity and, and leaders of men and molders of civic society. Like I, I know how SEC football works. And I, I think. Uh, thoughtful people would look at the same way if you want to poke at this a little bit at, at this idea of like the re- revered elder statesman who's above all of this great Jimbo I would appreciate it if maybe next time you use a little bit more specifics rather than talking like a Tex text, ads, a text ads poster but I didn't have the microphone I I I I understand maybe that'll be for the next time we'll tune in um and 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 you, know, you kind of dug into you know d- poking at this idea of him being you know the, the czar or the king of football This is Jimbo is not the only guy in the SEC that feels this way. And he is not the only coach in America that feels this way. And if it's open season and more fair to criticize Nick Saban, particularly since he's not the reigning national champion this time, I would imagine that people other than Lane Kiffin might end up saying the same thing, which is notable because this isn't a sport that has a lot of great centralized leadership and people listen to Nick when he, when he opens his mouth. The other thing that you mentioned there that I think is very important is the, the culture of compliance. This is, in my view, having written a lot about NIL, and somebody who's going to continue to write about NIL, an immense source of industry frustration and really emotional frustration. And when I say industry, I'm talking not just about coaches and ADs, I'm talking about attorneys, I'm talking about companies, agencies, all these things. You have a group of individuals who have decided whether they, th- they think the, N- the NCAA or state law rules are moral, just, or um, well written. That they are going to attempt to comply with them. That they are going to advise their clients to comply with those rules. They are going to make efforts as a department to comply with those rules and as a company to 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 you know make sure that in the unlikely event that there is an enforcement that they are that they are protected. I believe that you are correct that Alabama under their current athletic department administration is trying to do that. That is what Ohio State is trying to do. That is what the University of Washington is trying to do. That is what Michigan is trying to do. And you might see a couple of these schools that desperately want to win at football not playing this game as aggressively or exactly the same way, particularly as it pertains to people that aren't enrolled on campus yet. Sometimes it's because the state law says they can't do it. Sometimes it's because they're trying to err on that side of of compliance. And to be fair, as of this exact moment, Texas state law says you can't do that. (laughs) These aren't supposed to be inducements. You have another group of people, less so on the administrator side, as uh, more on the attorney and corporation and a greater NIL advisor world, that does not give a shit. Uh, and, and believes that either enforcement is not likely enforcement wouldn't be stick anyway, or that they don't care and are flaunting those rules. And everyone's always been cheating anyway, you know, for, for, for decades and decades, but if you you will find people that run NAL marketplaces or coaches or agents, everybody that look at this and say, what you're doing is not ethical. And to then see you flaunt this or pretend that your success has nothing to do with that is, is deeply frustrating. And some of the attorneys and some of the uh, other forces that are involved, perhaps in some of these particular collectives, uh, are the kind are, are people that that are polarizing within our world. I, th- I, I think we can put it that way. I, I think it's fair to say it's not going to give you sued or an Instagram from College Station. If you pull around the people that we talk to, not everybody looks at AM or Tennessee or some of these other places as paragons of of actually following the law that that's fair right of, yeah. of, uh, a fair depiction of, of what you've
1: seen too yeah i mean and i think that was a, a big reason why jimbo wanted to kind of get out there and get his um his thoughts so to speak uh, you know on yeah. the record is just the the fact that you know really that Jimbo and that staff, you know, like that they, they have put in some hard work in terms of recruiting the guys. It has not just been about NIL in terms of bringing guys on campus, making sure, you know, they're sold about the program's trajectory, getting to the NFL, that sort of thing. And, and, and you can understand why they would kind of take offense that uh, all that hard work, all those hours of phone calls they've put in with, with a lot of these kids has, has kind of been distilled down to, well, they give them some money. And so you you get the frustration there. But uh, I think the, the rumors about AM, the frustration about AM. Um, and all the talk like that—that's still going to continue, and and especially in the SEC, where let's face it, this thing has been happening for for a long time. You know, we're we're just using nil and and these things kind of being quote unquote above board now. But this sort of stuff, this this kind of talk—I mean, this has been going on for for decades, right? You know, I mean, this is um, you know the, the conference that uh, kind of in, in invented you know throwing someone's cash in into a McDonald's bag, right? So, like, th- there there is no shortage of uh you know stories or and rumors and innuendo that that's kind of bubbled to the surface, especially in the sec and uh you know just what you know what you're kind of speaking to is you know the lack of of concrete information and and how it's spreading surrounding nil i think is probably the biggest source of frustration you know especially in the administrative community like it's just like you know like i you know we heard we were paying this guy three million dollars to come to school and like nothing could be further from the truth number one it's not connected to the school so the school doesn't know number two it's you know some outside influences who are certainly not paying that kind of figure, but you know, you're you're basically getting it to you know for opposing coaches to kind of you know when when they hear about some of these recruits, you know, they they this is the new form of negative recruiting, you know, in a lot of respects, and so there is that aspect, and and really it has led to you know, I mean, I was talking with a few folks, you know, last week just in terms of you know maybe we do need to kind of restart those talks, you know, surrounding a third party administrator for NIL deals from the NCAA, which was scrapped, you know, a lot of antitrust and and legal concerns surrounding that uh, plus just kind of getting an IL out the door was obviously taking a lot of people's you know attention but you know maybe there is a a way to kind of bring things a little bit more clear in terms of hey this guy is actually getting this and uh, i think that's uh you know providing some sort of transparency is going to be a a little bit healthier and, and and provide some more accurate debate versus all this this rumor and innuendo i mean we've gone from 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 jimbo fisher denying bro bible to jimbo fisher you know Crashing Nick Saban. There's the domino meme, right? It's just wild. Like,
0: sliced bread logs on to his web, turns on the computer. And then a couple months later, we, we have this. You and I have talked about this a couple of times about how frustrating it is for everybody that we can't answer some very basic questions like how big is the NIL market? How many college football players are taking advantage of that market?
1: What's immediate uh, uh, deal? look? Like? Well, I mean, Nick did did say in, in his original comments, you know, that uh, Alabama players got three million dollars worth in IL deals last year, which was, I think, notable, especially when you kind of throw on top of it. The fact that he he said a year ago, you know, that that his quarterback Bryce Young got, I think, it was eight hundred thousand dollars to, you know, approaching a million dollars. So you can kind of understand where where the size of the Alabama market is, but given the figures kind of being thrown out for other teams and, and the, the innuendo surrounding some of those figures, you can understand that, you know, there's not only some frustration on the part of the crimson tide about maybe falling behind in, in, in not only recruiting, but, but other things, but also others like, like how can, you know, if if you're a mountain West school or, you know, heck a a max school, like, like you're not only competing for, for those people, but even like the, the Tennessees and the Georgias of the world, like that, that's, you know, there's a bit of a market inflation, you know, coming out of here as well.
0: Yeah, so two important parts about that. It's hard to quantify this because, again, this is a lot of this is going on innuendo and coaches read the same 247 message boards and on three message boards and and Reddit, subreddits that everybody else does, right, uh, in this world. And so that's part of how these rumors get some currency. But I think it is fair to say that in the pre-NIL era that uh, recruiting inducements to play football for Alabama still existed. Right, they may not have come from university. Everybody in the SEC had bag Um, As best as I understand it, Alabama was not always the high bid for talent in this in, in that world. Nor did they need to be. Of, you know,
1: I think that's also important that, to keep that, that, in mind, this, right? This
0: is what I'm right. This is what I'm getting to here. They didn't need to be because part of that pitch is: if you come here and you start, you're going to be a, a get drafted in the first three rounds. You're going to compete for a national championship. How much money would you need to get? at a mid-tier school to to compensate for Alabama's superior pitch or Clemson or Ohio State's superior pitch on, on that particular level, right? I mean, it's the same reason why Alabama isn't, that, isn't always the high bidder for like analysts or even coach talent because people recognize that it's, it's worth taking a pay cut to be in that world. On that front, I think I, I see a lot of similarities to Ole Miss a couple of years ago in the FCC when Ole Miss – I wanna say suddenly signed a, a literal top five recruiting class, I think it was in 2016. And Hugh Freeze, of course, memorably said, you know, if you have any facts about a violation, send it to compliance at oldmiss.edu. And he memed that man into oblivion. And I get why he was touchy about it. And I don't know what he knew and what he didn't know. Um, that's, that, you know, that's, that's, a, that's, that's a different kind of question here. But if you are historically a, a program that's not super successful, and you're suddenly grabbing five stars out of Illinois, and you're punching way above your historical weight. Everybody knows why, and it wasn't because you're really good at remembering birthdays and eating bombs lasagna. Texas A&M, you know, got got. This is gonna sound like I'm a frustrated Longhorn. I, I'm from Ohio. I really don't care. Texas A&M has not won anything meaningful in my lifetime. Um, And and in the past several years, outside of the COVID year, which was kind of weird for a bunch of other reasons, it's been an eight and four ass team for a long time. And um, Jimbo Fisher's won a national championship. He sent a lot of guys to the NFL. Also hasn't really had an above average quarterback in like a decade. And like these offenses have not been that great in a long time. So when you look at that and you look at this team that that had a real pillow fight against Colorado and wasn't really in the hunt for national contention for anything past mid-October. Um, and that's been they've been that way there for a minute. And then suddenly they sign the greatest recruiting class in 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 history. No shit, people are gonna think that NIL had something to do with it. And if you I understand where they're touchy about it. I'm sure they've worked very hard. I'm sure they've tried to cultivate lots of relationships. They spent a lot of time away from their family. I get all of that. I feel like you, on some level, you just have to suck it up. Um, and and if you want to go dunk on everybody, it would be better to do that once you've made the Sugar Bowl or, or, or once you've won a division or once you've done something besides win the Mayo Bowl. Um, I get why they're doing it. I'm glad that they did it because it's funny. And we've gotten twenty five minutes of podcasting audio out of it, but also, I think you're protesting just a teensy bit too much. Um, and it's it's okay because you may, maybe you didn't break any rules or anything, right? But it's uh, it's very clearly part of the equation.
1: Oh, absolutely. And and I think that the the enforcement thing that I, I think is is going to come to a head a little bit over the next couple months, and in might be some more public stuff that, that that will come out on on that subject is just like. That's the missing piece that I think all the fans, you know, are are waiting for. Is like, you know, trying to do something, you know, in that area. You know, which, which schools are, are going to get, you know, caught underneath this, and, and which schools are, are going to even suffer from this. I, I don't I don't think the N C A A can really do much, but you know, they they do have some open investigations and. Certain schools and like you know, eventually those those will come to a head and something will end up happening. And then a lot of schools will be able to say, "Well, I told you so; those guys were cheating, but but it couldn't couldn't be us. But you know, certainly could not be us. Like that that is the the uh, fan ethos for sure." Uh, you know. Yeah,
0: exactly. But it's, it, it's our school is the perfect harmony of academics and athletics. It's those those nefarious ruffians that everywhere else. Like, come
1: on. But really, you know, you, you kind of go back to what are what are some of the absolute truths in, in college athletics? And, and to be honest, they really haven't changed. You know, billable hours will always win. That is absolutely number one. And number two, everybody cheats. And you might think, oh, well, Stanford is like high and mighty. Yeah, the you know they they might be have a clean compliance record or whatever, but they they there's still some corners when, that might be cut. Here. When
0: Stanford cheats, the the currency in Romania collapses. Yeah. <laughs> when Stanford cheats, there's a war. When Texas A and M cheats, a bunch of five stars go play at College Station. It's a different thing.
1: Yeah, and and like the 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 other thing that I think people. Are, are, are kind of skipping over because this has been so centric on coaches on administrators on lawyers saying things it's like the kids are winning like they're they've created a market they are cashing in on their names image and likeness like they're, they're you know uh, given the the short careers that guys might have in the nfl uh it's even shorter in in college there's no guarantee that some of these guys are going to be nfl draft picks and for the ones that you're you're going to be guaranteed to kind of go to the league and make a lot of money, your Will Andersons, if you will, like even then, you know, you, you might uh, have have a devastating uh, you know knee injury or something like that that cuts you short. You have to maximize, you know, what you are able to get, you know, at, at, at these times. And I think it's great for the kids. You know, obviously you're talking about leaving school. You might uh, have enough money to to buy an entire house, buy your mom an entire house. Uh, you'll come out with with an education fully paid for. Like like there there are some positives to all of this going on, and I think that has gotten lost in in, in the shuffle a little bit amongst all this bickering and all these rumors and all these accusations flying around. And and I think it does kind of reinforce, too, that this is the greatest sport. Like it it really like every time you think things are going to settle down just a little bit, uh, you know, we we get a gift like this and and Nick Saban and uh, Jimbo Fisher fighting. I think that's, um, you know, you you never expect the the twists and turns. But uh, this this week in particular might have been one of the wildest ones that we've had in, in, in some time.
0: You've forgotten one other very important uh, law of college sports. Law number one, billable hours are undefeated. That's true. Law number two, everybody's cheating. True, foundational principle. Law number three, home field keeps making stuff that slaps and they don't miss ever. And folks, we have uh, another uh, big, big drop coming up here from our friends at home field apparel. This is the beginning of the ad read here, folks. Um, Big new Saturday season four. Is about to start. We have the Arkansas launch, which is happening this weekend. Uh, they have just publicized one of the, the the one one of the shirts. There, it is a baseball playing Razorback. He's wearing a helmet. It looks awesome. We've got, we've talked about this many many times before. The foundational principle of excellent collegiate athletic apparel is: does that include an animal playing sports? And if it does, it's amazing, whether it's, a, whether it's a feral hog playing baseball or an anteater surfing, which is the, they sell those stickers. I got one of those on my laptop, along with the Connecticut Husky, who is realizing that bees are dying at an alarming rate. Um, a couple other big P5 schools in the Pac-12 and the Big Ten are going to be on this last year. Homefield's done a couple other revisions. Also, uh, weird, two episodes in a row, I'm wearing a college shirt. This is terrible. This is what happens when I... I have to shoot. There you go. There you are. Oh, there, there you, you go. Know, I,
1: when in Rome, there might as well go, go up into the closet and, and grab the uh, the old Texas A&M Sarge shirt from home field, which is a, a great seller and a, a great look. And yeah, I'll just, just stick in the SEC West this week, uh, given that we have Arkansas coming up.
0: Uh, friends, podcasting is a visual medium. And if you're not watching this on our YouTube, uh, Brian is wearing a Texas A&M home field t-shirt right now.
1: I thought, I thought about had, going, you know, like I could, I could have got the the Alabama sweatshirt over this and just done the reveal and you know, for the ad read. But, uh, you know, and I, I think this I will suffice. Think,
0: I don't think I have any SEC West.
1: Oh, we, we, we might have to rectify this starting this week.
0: We might, I'm trying to think if I have any SEC stuff generally. And I'm, I might not. Um, this, this is a big ACC, Big Ten, Pac-12 uh, wardrobe right now. Maybe, maybe I should rectify that. If you're like me and you decide, wow, I don't have enough SEC stuff in my life, join me and uh, save 50% off your order by using promo code Extra Points. That saves 15%. That saves you money. That gives us money. That tells sponsors that they should continue to, to throw money here at uh, Going For Two. Uh, get yourself some extremely comfortable Vintage collegiate athletic apparel today. Um, I don't, do, you, do we have a good segue for the other thing we wanted to talk about here today? Uh, after after we've been showing stuff, oh, I,
1: I think we could go from it just means more to it just means less. If, if you wanted to talk about uh, some things about uh, you know the Bitcoin crash <laughs> and uh, NFTs coming to the college space, because I know you have some particular thoughts. I know we've kind of shared them offline uh, before the podcast and throughout the week, but uh, you you've been fired up on on this particular subject. Anytime some of these news articles comes comes your way.
0: I am fired up guys I, I think I think most crypto deals and most nfts absolutely suck one of the things that has bothered me about this movement is that it's pretty clear that nobody asked for this it has been a, a technological solution in search of a problem and when you're trying to kind of shoehorn it into sports it's either it's in the college world it's generally because half leg departments are broke And they're just looking for projects to go um, bring in some extra revenue, even if they don't really understand the technology or because a couple of NIL groups have been trying to use this as a way to uh, funnel or launder money. Um, You don't have to try to sell people an NFT drawing of a drunk leprechaun or whatever it is USC or Georgia are doing to get people to donate to your thing. Nobody wants the JPEG. It's really easy to find JPEGs on the internet. If you want a JPEG of a, of a weird cartoon dog, I'll send you one. My email's matt at extrapointsmb.com. You don't have to go send it to Aaron uh, Aaron Murray 200 bucks to get one, just send Aaron Murray 200 bucks or donate money to a, a Georgia uh, you know athlete or something to, to do one of those deals. So I've been, I've, these are coming up and I've been really critical of them, but you're probably aware of this recently, but if you're not, the crypto market has completely taken a gigantic hit over the last couple of days. One of the largest Coins in circulation basically went to zero. One of the the the, the entities that people thought was going to be, you know was tethered to actual fiat currency, supposed to be a, a stable unit, something that wouldn't fluctuate wildly. This idea of a stable coin, you know, one of those, you know, just vanished essentially, gone to nothing. Which has meant that anybody, whether you're in Bitcoin or in your uh, Eurythium or in any of these other things, has has fallen. And one of the things I've noticed, and there's been other smarter business, business business reporters that have talked about this is, hey, remember when Matt Damon cut that ad in the Super Bowl about how fortune favors the bold and you should put your money in Coinbase or whatever, or whatever, you know, whatever made up currency? Well, if you did that, you would have lost a ton of money. And now, unsurprisingly, people are mad at Matt Damon. People are mad at other celebrities who have pitched it. So to the ADs who are listening or the people who are involved in the collective world or anybody else. Can I, will web three be something that has mass consumer adaptation and and be used to create projects that people actually want or use in seven years? Maybe, I don't know. Like the internet, the people who are paid to think about this stuff certainly seem to think so, but hasn't really happened yet. But what I can tell you is if you ask your donors to go um, buy a bunch of, of crypto stuff, in order to give to your athletic department or to participate in your athletic department or that you, or, or in your collective, or you seen that you are tied to these things, they're going to be mad at you just like they are at Matt Damon, because there's been a money pit. Like if just, just do a deal with the casino, if you want to promote gambling, you don't have to go use pretend JPEGs to get involved with it. I, I hate it. Uh, and I hate it. And listen, I, I'm somebody that actually owns BTC because I, I look at that as a, as a unit where enough people are going to speculate into that. Um, sure. I'll, I'll park, 0.5% of my portfolio in there. But I'm not going to sit there and pretend that I I'm, I'm buying bitcoin because I think this is going to be an effective mechanism to to move currency outside of a federal regulation. I'm not trying to buy explosives. Like I'm not it's 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 the same way that I would when I um I buy I spend money on NBA 2K money.
1: Well, Top I think percent. things are a little bit different from the, from the NBA 2K uh, spending or, or your fee- spending on FIFA packs or something like that.
0: You know what? That's true because if I spend money on FIFA coins, I can get a digital soccer player that helps me beat children on the internet. If I spend money on Bitcoin, I get people with fedoras and glowing eyes at my mentions telling me to hold. Quite frankly, I'd, I'd, I'd rather have the, the pretend Cristiano Ronaldo on my Xbox, but… That's
1: just me. No, you're probably not alone on, on, on that, but look, look. I mean, like, I think it should be pointed out that this is kind of part of a bigger, broader market sell-off. You know, like this is not just limited to to the crypto space, but although I think it's it's kind of dominated the, the headlines in particular. And you know, look, this is something where, yeah, there are some some solid underpinnings to to a lot of these things, like Bitcoin. Like, you know, I, I think the, the Web three technology stuff that uh you know has been discussed and, and talked about. Obviously, we're not there yet, but you, you can understand some some of the positives that, that are coming some out of some of that stuff. But um, you know, look there there are some some grifters that have t- attached them their names to those. There's some a lot of speculation, which you know that that kind of combination, those two, um, you know, you, you can kind of understand how a, a market or in this case a coin has led to some collapses. And I think it's it's unique in. particular. When it comes to not only college athletics, because let's face it, you know, crypto companies are getting into the sponsorship game. So you're talking about uh, future arenas.
0: Massive massive players. You know, obviously, you
1: know, crypto.com arenas is, is now uh, the artist formerly known as the Staples Center uh, where the Lakers you know, and, and Clippers used to play. So, like, you, you can understand that not only are they going to these companies kind of move into, uh, you know, pro sports. And, and we're starting to see this in, in European soccer as well but can understand that it. eventually it's it's going to filter into the college game because that's a that's a, a, obviously a very engaged fan base and uh, and an engaged fan base that let's face it these universities have a lot of data about which is, is going to be yeah. good for, for those crypto companies. So um, you, you can understand that uh, this, is, this is where that is moving. And uh, there's there's been some some rumbling, certainly, that uh, some of these companies would be moving into the space. Uh, we've already seen, we've done some, some deals and some videos on, on Collegiate Sports Connect about schools taking cryptocurrency donations. Now, they end up liquidating those as soon as they get them. Yeah. And there's, you know, obviously tax implications and all that, but they, they have accepted Bitcoins. That's something that you could, if you wanted to donate to a, a major university, you could probably donate some Bitcoin if you wanted to. Uh, but as soon as they get it, they're, they're going to end up liquidating on, on, on a market. So, um, you know, this is a, a an emerging industry, but you're right. Like the, the fact that uh, college athletics has, has kind of dabbled in it, it, it does feel a little bit uneasy, especially when it comes to the NFT space, which, you know, let's face it, that, that is... It, speculative uh, obviously there was a lot of attention on nba top shot you know that was uh, you know very much built up during nba you know the pandemic really and not only has that, has that taken a nosedive but um you know even conservative entities like the nfl still trying to sort of dip their toe in it and college athletics you know has has gone kind of the other way you know like you, you, i was not only have i gotten pitched by, by a lot of these nft companies but you see athletes putting their their nfts you know kind of out there to where where people can bid on them and that's just like, what are, what are we doing? Do what are we doing like, now? Like we
0: did right people. The people who are doing this are not because they are, our hardcore devotees of decentralized governance technologies. It's because they think it's a way to make a quick buck. And we've seen this with musicians and artists too. And then there's a rug pull and your reputation is damaged. Maybe you're the one that got to keep all the money. Maybe you're not. Cause you're just partnering with somebody else. This stuff happens all of the time. Um, I understand that these companies are major players in the sponsorship space. This is just me. This is not, do you want ticker policy? This is Matt Brown policy for extra points. I don't take money from gambling companies, even though I am pitched by some of them wanting to buy ads and extra points or buy ads on this podcast all of the time. Uh, I I do that not because I'm a moral Puritan about gambling. I have gambled before. Uh, I do it because I think that would undermine the message editorially of what I'm trying to present. Like if, if it was like, OK, here's 1800 words on how the Drake Group is, is pitching their latest college reform proposal. But first, DraftKings, like that would undermine everything I'm trying to do. Um, I feel the same way about taking money from crypto. I think I've run one or two ads from newsletters that write about alternative investments, which are not just about crypto, but... With Coinbase, Coinbase or some other you know, some there's like a jillion of these newsletters, uh and, and firms that are like you want we put ads in extra points because hey, I couldn't help but notice extra points, the audience, uh you know, mostly male, mostly college educated, mostly affluent, mostly young, very uh attractive to brands. That's the crypto world. And my thought is no, because I don't see a meaningful difference between that and gambling. And if I face a, a reputational editorial uh, you know, uh, ding for working with those companies. I would be doing the same thing here if I was showing fart coin or whatever it is that we're, that we're talking about now. And I, I would, I would implore anybody who is tempted to take this money or get involved here. You better be really sure of what you're doing. And I know that it's, it's, it's tempting because there are some of the industries that are throwing the most money out there, but we don't, you don't, I don't think you have to go take something that goes against your values, right? Like I, I would do the same thing if this was a cocaine company or, 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 or like, I don't know, like who made Phenetol or like, you know, like any of like the, the, the opioid people, if they wanted to advertise an extra points, I'd say no. Right. Like if Brazzers wants to extra advertise with me, I'd say no. Like I, I, they're not one-to-one here, but I, I feel almost as negative about the, the Ponzi crypto scam world as I do about some of those other industries. And I don't think you have to take the money just because you need the money.
1: I guess I'll, I'll scrap uh, trying to convince you to do a, a Bagman coin or something like that as part of uh, our, our new, our new ventures here at uh, going for two, but you know, like, I mean, yeah. it, it is. Sorry for repeating oh, any sorry. other, any advertiser interest in our
0: company right now, because I'm such a, I'm such a hater. Um, but I, you know, I mean, there is a yeah. lot of
1: legitimate interest, like from, from a financial standpoint, you know, I mean, you look at Bloomberg, they're hiring like crazy in terms of actually reporters to cover the space. Um, you know, tech sites like the, like the verge and, Know, CNET and, and whatever, you know, tech. Oh, like, yeah,
0: we should definitely do what The Verge does. Yeah, the, I'm sorry.
1: They, they have like, you know, obviously they're hiring a ton of people just specifically yeah. to focus on on this kind of Web3 crypto space, because let's face it, you know, this is kind of where, uh, you know, a lot of people, technologists, if you will, kind of see things heading and uh, it, it is worth covering uh, but from a, a standpoint from college athletics it, I, I think it's still too early and uh, you're right i think there's um, you know some people that have been extra conservative in terms of doing these deals or exploring these space but you know whether you're your conferences you know, whether you're uh, marketing folks at uh, various athletic departments there there have been conversations going on and there's certainly been conversations going on from from athletes getting pitched by a lot of these companies like uh, I, I was you know going on on one site the the other day and i was just like shocked at some of the like really esoteric college athletes who who you would think would have pretty much zero market value and, and seeing NFTs from them. And I'm just like this, somebody needs to like get in front of some of these kids. And as much as, administrators preach education and making sure it's like, sometimes they're just going to do what they they're, they're going to do just to make $200 like that. And, and I feel like the NFT space in particular has been right for a lot of that. And that has been, uh, you know, I, I could come back to bite a f- few folks. It, it could, could really help some others, but I think for them at the, at the end of the day, this is a space worth watching, but uh, maybe, maybe keep your distance from it.
0: You're, you're, you're right. I mean, I, sorry. That was the the thing about the Verge. There, the actually the the Verge is wonderful. I'm just forever bitter at the Verge's parent company, which is, of course, was my old parent company, uh, a company that did not know who Nick Saban was. Now I think they probably have heard of him. Um, Yeah, if you're a tech company, you should be writing about crypto because it's an enormous space. Quite frankly, if I was was Bloomberg or if I was a gigantic company like that, I think it would also be appropriate to write about the gambling industry, to write about the opioid industry, to write about the pornography industry, or to write about any of these other ones because they're really big. There's a difference between is this newsworthy, is this worth studying, is this worth investigating, and is this worth slapping uh, on my stadium. Well,
1: it and that, that there, stuff is still coming. I like, I, I mean, if you go back yeah. uh, a couple of weeks, maybe, maybe even a couple of months, you know, like the NCAA has kind of stepped away from the sponsorship game in terms of bowl games, like the, the crypto.com bowl and the FTX bowl or whatever, you know, that stuff no, is absolutely. We've had it.
0: We've, we've literally had it. We have bowl. had
1: the, the Bitcoin bowl, the uh, artist formerly known as uh what the, the St. Pete uh, O'Brady's bowl or whatever it might've been. Yeah.
0: yeah what well, I mean, of course it was in Florida, yeah, but like, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm sure we will. There's oh, have, going to be more
1: of that to come. And, and you already had some angst over, the you know, Barstool sponsoring the Arizona Bowl and what that kind of meant from a brand perspective, perception standpoint, just because they are so associated with, uh, you know, Penn, Penn National Gaming. So it's like, is more of that coming to the college space? Yes. And, and I really don't think there's a whole lot that some of these administrators can do, even if they're kind of uneasy with things. And I think that is a space where, um, you know, folks would like some additional regulation, but the NCAA is stepping back from that. They're, they're saying, you know, yeah. whatever, you know, whatever happens, it's, it's not on us. It's on you. That's,
0: uh, yeah, we, we are, we're going to have a world where there's going to be another Bacardi bowl. The first one turned out, hey. so uh, all of you, Hey, listen, pull up a Wikipedia tab, look up the Bacardi bowl, pause this podcast, go enjoy that for the next 10 minutes. I'll wait. I've written about it here before. Well, I'm sure we'll have a Bud Light bowl or something. And it's, it's, it's weird. I was not expecting, you know, this whole thing to have me like feel like, feel like Andy Rooney, right? Like just coming in here and like, you know, you eventually you start being young and hip and now you're an old man yelling at cloud. Uh, concerned about maybe the way the NIL movement is going and, and, and not loving my life. these other countries. That's, yeah, that's what it is. Um, the internet has broken me and turned me into a 35-year-old going on like 80-year-old uh, Puritan. So if that's the kind of thing that you're interested in, buddy, I have I have good news for you. I write a newsletter called Extra Points, which publishes five days a week. I promise. Uh, those those are not all angry dispatches about me complaining about technology that makes me feel uh, stupid and afraid. Um, there's actually there's, like the this week we had I think two really good stories from Andy Wittry. We we filed FOIWAS to figure out how much each P five program is spending on football buyouts. And how much that number has changed over the years, who's paying the most, who, you know, why did that number spike? Uh, we um, I, I wrote earlier, to, uh, earlier this week a big editorial about um, why it may not necessarily matter if the Big Ten or the, the uh, SEC are making $30 million more in their TV deals than everybody else. Because you can't buy a championship with your athletic department money maybe a little bit different in the recruiting world, but it's, you know, the SEC TV money is not what's turning into some of these NIL deals for now. Uh, We have a couple other great things there. I've been, as Brian alluded to, we've had a bunch really, I'm not just saying this because, because let's be like, our boss isn't listening this far into the episode. Like I'm, I'm, (laughs) I'm, I'm saying this because, Several of our recent Collegiate Sports Connect interviews, I think, are, are really thoughtful and interesting. We have some of that about crypto, some of that about the new mar- the marketing world. I, I cut one today with an editor at D1 Softball to talk about the softball coaching market. We had a, we have something coming up, uh, an interview earlier this week that will turn into an Extra Points next week about Division Two conference realignment and the Division Two Transformation Committee. You can find that at Collegiate Sports Connect, and you can find Extra Points at ExtraPointsMB.com. Did I miss anything, Brian? Probably did. No,
1: well, but uh, be sure you're you're out there giving us five stars uh, if you are able to rate and review this this year podcast. Go ahead and check us out on our YouTube page as well, uh, the D1 Ticker page. If you're not already signed up for the D1 Ticker, you know this is a good time to do that because we not only have the play by play of uh, you know what coach said what in. Terms Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher, but really everything going on. I mean, it was a newsworthy week, to be honest. We, I know we talked about it in the earlier podcast. About oh, the yeah. EZ Remember, Council. we
0: had like actual scholarship reform and like and divisions died. And a but God, it's been a, it's a, this is all one week, man. It's been a week. It a and lot.
1: it's it, and uh, what's the old Jack Donaghy line from 30 Rock? It's only Wednesday lemon. It, yeah. it is, is one of those weeks
0: great we, we love it well friends uh thanks for sticking with us here for another 45 minutes enjoy your weekend thanks for continuing to support all of the publications um uh, please do not slap the head coach in your life or in your community although if you want to call a press conference and allege that somebody should i will support your right to do that as an american um thanks for sticking with us everyone we'll catch up with y'all
1: next week